well, we want to welcome everyone today, and it's been a great weekend. We celebrated 244 years as a nation. So last week there were people out, or not last week, I'm sorry, last night. There were people out, sounded like a war going on around here. It was, I stepped outside, I had to move the van, and everywhere I went around, people were celebrating. Everybody say celebrating. Say it one more time. Celebrating. It's their cue. Celebrating. If you want to keep working here, no <laughs> This started with an idea. Tony, you saw what they did. Happy, give them a big hand, would you? Happy. So, and that's what happened last night. People trashed everything. It was just all up. No, they were celebrating. And I think sometimes we forget why we're celebrating. And recently in our nation, there's been a lot of confusion and a lot of unrest. And I want to address that today. So what I want you to do is I want you to watch this with me, if you would, as we get started. This started with an idea. Somehow, if we were given the opportunity, we could become more. If given the place and the time, we could build a nation where everyone could become more. We prayed for favor. We believed that out of many, we could become one. Though America was never simple, our nation did not give in or give up. We crawled, strived for dreams and freedoms we believed in, fought to hold hands as we learned to stand on our own. We are brothers and sisters. Our dreams are not dimmed by our tears. We have stumbled, but will not fall. It began with the idea that beliefs should not be dictated. Freedom was to be shared. Worship was the right of the individual, not the responsibility of the government. All of these things were self-evident. We knew it in our hearts. They were inalienable for everyone, endowed by our Creator, God-given. On this day, we remember our freedom, and we thank the God who provided it. May God bless America. So I want to speak to you for just a little while today on let freedom ring. Would you say that with me? Let freedom ring. <clears throat> when our forefathers wanted for their children was a place that their children could experience freedom. The whole concept of America, the reason that God blessed this nation is because this nation has been responsible for taking the gospel to the world. And God ordained it to exist. They fought for freedom. But how many of you know 
that with every struggle, there's always confusion. And so God is not the author of confusion. What happened in our nation a few weeks ago should have been addressed. It should have been addressed promptly and it should have been addressed quickly. When George Floyd was arrested and that officer had his knee on his neck and after repeatedly having been told that he couldn't breathe and what ensued after that, the evidence was there. That officer should have been arrested immediately on the spot. Now what's happened is people don't even know who George Floyd is because it's been hijacked by a group that now look, don't misunderstand me. There are peaceful protesters, but these people that are taking to the streets and rioting and looting and burning everything down, they don't care anything about George Floyd. If they did, they would have tried to address it the right way. I, I, it, it, it troubles me that as Christians, we get sucked in to things that we ought not to get sucked into. So what I'm saying is this, is that God ordained freedom. Do you understand that freedom cannot be given to you by a nation? I thank God for America, but America's got her faults. We've struggled, we've fallen, we've got up, and we've tried to continue forward. But if America forgets God, then America is a nation that's gone under. This is one nation under God, not one nation under Republicans, not one nation under Democrats, not one nation under independents. This is one nation under God. We as a church have got to stand as ambassadors for God. We're not going to fix this problem through the White House or through the Capitol or through the legislative branches of government. We're going to fix this problem when we get on our knees and begin to pray out, God, send us revival and let it happen happen in me in me it's amazing how much breath we've got that we can use to complain with it's amazing to me how 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 free and how quick we are to express our opinions but when it comes to talking about God sometimes we clam up like a clam that's got a pearl that doesn't want to give it up he is a pearl of great price but if we don't let our light shine, then how is anyone ever going to see him? I think about what they wanted for us and what they fought for for us. You understand, if, you, if you've studied the Revolutionary War, you, you'd understand that it was the hand of God that let us win the war. I can take you to different battles where God intervened. Washington was trapped on a riverside and he, Daylight was coming up. He had to get his troops off. By the time daylight came, he would be exposed to the British Army, and the war would have been over. And he worked frantically that night to get the soldiers down the river away from the enemy. But daylight came, and Washington would have been exposed had it not been that unexplainably a fog settled in that was so thick you couldn't see across the river. And it stayed until 10 o'clock that morning. 
I could say it this way, it stayed until the last boat was loaded and his last man was out of cannon range. That's when the fog lifted and that's when the British soldiers looked and thought he slipped through our hands. Can I tell you that God still has his way in the affairs of man? And so what we have to do is say, God, let me be who you want me to be. This is their dream. This is what they intended. It's, it was written or presented in Congress July 4, 1776. I want you to hear these words. This is what they penned. The unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. And do you understand that when they said United States of America, there was divide then. But they realized that those things that separate us cannot be greater than those things that bring us together. And it said, when in the course of human events it became necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. Everybody say it with me. Nature's God. Why is it that this nation does its best to push God out of everything when God was smack dab in the beginning of everything this nation ever stood for? The laws of, and where it talks about nature's God entitled them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare. Everybody say declare. The causes which impel them to the separation. And here, the, the first cause that they gave, the first declaration that they made is this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They recognized it even if they didn't follow through with it. Do you understand that the government did not give us our liberty? That God gave us our liberty. And, and the, the racism that has ensued across this nation, I don't understand. Do you under, let, me give you, let me give you a biology lesson. There is one race, and it's called the human race. That's, that's the Geno Project, the human race. Now, Lisa and Estelle, come up here for, with me, would you, for a second? They don't have a mask on, so... That means they can get within six foot of me. Okay, stand up here, please. One on one side, one on the other. So what we have is where this, everybody say the same race. Come close, I don't bite. So what, 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 do you understand? We started with Adam and Eve, right? Everybody say Adam and Eve. Then the world's destroyed. So we got Noah and his children, right? So where'd you come from? Adam and Eve still. At, right. Noah and his Noah, children. Yes. No. You came from Noah and his children. Mm -hmm. Where did I come from? Noah and his children. <laughs> We're family. Yeah. Do, do you understand? You say, but they don't, we don't look alike. It's because there's something in our system, in our body that's called melanin. 
and depending on how much melanin is in your system determines your shade. It's got nothing. Do you, do you get that? They're just a little bit a darker shade than I am. But they are my, they're, they're my, I start saying, I'm their brother from another mother. Same daddy. So look, man, if you don't like it, I can't help you. That's just the way it is. Everybody say, they are. And I'm talking about they right here. Are my family. Now, why don't you just hug your family? Except if you're social distancing, don't hug anybody. Okay, thank you. Do, do you get it? Do you understand? It drives me nuts. Not nuts. <laughs> it frustrates me when I see this stuff going around and I'm thinking, how ignorant are we? That we don't get this. But I'm telling you that what's happened is the devil is trying to undermine why God established this nation. If we, I told Debbie last week we were doing a broadcast, not a broadcast. I said, this could be solved in an instant. All this could be solved in an instant if people would surrender their heart to God and just start loving each other. That's all it takes. That's all it, well, I don't like you. Well, there's some things I don't like about you either. But that don't mean I don't love you. Estelle told me the other day, last Sunday, she told me, she said, Brother, I love you. I said, I love you too. She said, no, I mean, I really love you. I said, well, that's great. I said, I really love you too. And she said, I even like you. <laughs> Isn't that something? Because you know you got to love me or you can't go to heaven. But you, get, you, you can choose whether or not you like me. <laughs> so we need to get it straightened out. Everybody say, we got the answer. The Bible said that what Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So I thought about this, and I thought about what their intent was for us. And I thought, wouldn't it be neat if we could just figure out what God's intent was for us? Well, I just happen to have it. Ephesians 1, beginning with verse 4. Even before he made the world, God loved us. And chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Now, you're going to have to admit that it's going to take God to do that. To make us holy and without fault in his eyes. We, there's some things we can't fix on our own. And he said, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. That ought to make you shout for joy. It gave him great pleasure. He looked, how many of you used to be a rascal? It doesn't matter whether you got your hand up or not. I know you were. What do you mean? How, how do you know I was a rascal? Because the Scripture said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So just go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, he's right, I was a rascal. I was a, we've all been there, right? We were all there. But this is what you've got to understand, that he looked at us, and even though we were messed up, even though we were rascals, he said, you know what? I'm going to make a way to get you to me. It's kind of like a horse. you know. That's, hey, get this. You remember when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem? What did he tell the disciples to go get him to ride on? A donkey that what? 
that had never that no one had ever ridden on have you ever jumped on a donkey's back that's never had anybody on him he's going to buck you from here to Kalamazoo but do you know what happened when the prince of peace set on him he just rode quietly I'm telling you that we need revival to touch our land we need God to settle into our hearts and let the prince of peace touch us and revive us Everybody say, revive me. He says, so we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. I was free before I was ever a citizen of this country. He purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Somebody say it with me. Let freedom ring. I, I, I shared in the first service that I know I was a rascal years ago. I had several people tell me that. One guy that I used to run around with after I got saved, he, he came up to me and I, I, I was, when he came up to me, he said, man, Rick, what happened to you? I got so excited. And I didn't know which one I was more excited about. The fact that I wasn't a rascal anymore or the fact that he recognized I wasn't. <laughs> Do you understand to know that all of a sudden you're not the same anymore? That the bitterness that was in your heart isn't there now? That the anguish, the hate, the malice, the depression has been lifted? Don't you know that people would pay a fortune to have that? They're looking for it in a bottle. They're looking for it in a pill. They're looking for it in a needle. They're looking for it in therapy. They're looking for it every place. And I'm telling you, the only place you're going to find it uh, is in Christ Jesus. We have, there is there, something twisted in this nation. Everybody say it with me, twisted. Twisted sister. How many of you sat next to, no, 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 no. How many of you remember a group called Twisted Sister? It's a rock group, right? Twisted Sister. But they, they didn't realize they some twisted brothers out there too. Twisted. There's something twisted in this nation. When we as a country are trying to push God out instead of let him in. There's something twisted with the mindset that thinks that once God got me here, I don't need him anymore. I'm telling you, I need God. Say it with me. I need God. This will help you out. Look at your neighbor and say, you need God. That's a lot easier for us to say, isn't it? You need God. You twisted you need to get untwisted. I'm telling you there's something real about when all of a sudden you humble your heart and God starts touching you and all of a sudden all that 
anxiety, all that torment you felt begins to unwind and you find peace like a river and you find a reason to have a smile and you find a reason to rejoice. Some people say, man, I used to dance when I was out in the world. I never stopped. I just changed partners, folks. It's time for us to say, God, here I am. Use me. Would you say it with me? Use me. The idea that one man could own another man is ludicrous from the onset. And here's the truth. If you study history instead of try to destroy it, if you'll study history, you'll find out that the forefathers even recognized it. But they didn't know what to do because it was a culture that had been passed down for, this had gone on for eons. They didn't know how to deal with it, and they were so content on getting the nation, and they thought that if we come together, they thought that slavery would end up just leaving, that, it would, that, that we would figure it out, that it would leave, but it didn't. Why? Because when somebody thinks that they can pad their pocket with the sweat of somebody else's back, it's hard for them to let that go. But please hear me, because I'm going to show you that it was going on in Scripture. And I'm going to show you how God dealt with it. There's a man in Scripture by his name is Onesimus. Onesimus was a slave to Philemon who was a believer. Figure that one out. You know, I used to call people crazy until after I got saved. And then I still called people crazy after I got saved until somebody came up and showed me in Scripture where Jesus said, call no man. I'm sorry, not crazy. I used to call people a fool. And, and until someone came up and showed me in Scripture where it said, call no man a fool. And when I saw that, I quit saying it because I didn't know. Would you say this with me? You don't know what you don't know. Onesimus runs away. He takes a thousand-mile journey to Rome, and who do you think he bumps into in Rome? Paul. And when he bumps into Paul, and Paul recognizes who he is and knows that he's Philemon's servant and, and he's run away, I, I can, if I could eavesdrop on a conversation that they had, would you give me that liberty for a second? Onesimus, you shouldn't have run. Well, that's easy for you to say. You're a free man. You don't know what it's like to be a prisoner, to, to be a slave. You don't understand what it's like. You've even got a bodyguard at your door. And I can see Paul smile. He said, Onesimus, that Roman soldier at that door isn't there to keep people out. He's there to keep me in. He said, I've been arrested. I'm a prisoner. You're a what? I'm a Roman prisoner. But Paul, you've talked to me 
about God. And you've talked to me with such freedom and such joy in your heart. He said, don't you understand that no man can ever imprison me because God has set me free in my heart and whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Oh, man, And when all of a sudden Onesimus comes to grips with that and Paul writes him a letter and said, look, you can't run from your pastures. Go and face it, but don't face it alone. God's going to be with you and I'm going to be with you. He writes him a letter, sends it with him. He makes a thousand-mile trip back to Philemon. And all the while, with a thought eating away at him, you ought to run, you ought to run, you ought to run. You ever get tired of running? You ever just get tired of running? And so he takes that letter back and he shows it to Philemon. And Philemon opens it up and he reads it. Here's a slave knocking on the door. I can't believe you're back. Well, why wouldn't he come back? Because under Roman law, if you were a runaway slave, you could be whipped, you could be branded, or you could be executed. So he didn't know what he was walking into. But one thing Onesimus knew that the God that he loved was bigger than the problem that he faced. And so he faced it with God. And when he read the letter, Philemon starts reading the letter, he looks at it and he's going, it's Paul writing. Can I paraphrase? Hey, Philemon, this is Paul. I thank God for you, man. I hear about your love for the brothers and the way you treat everyone and your generosity. And, and I'm just so thankful for you. And he said, and I've sent you back my son, Onesimus, that I begot in my bonds. He's been ministering me here in Rome while I've been a prisoner. He said, I really wanted to keep him and let him minister on your behalf to me, but I wouldn't do anything without asking you first. And I know that there was a time that he was unprofitable to you, but now he's profitable to you and me. He said, so I'm asking you to receive him back, and much more than as a slave, much more than as a servant, but as a brother. As a brother. And he said, if he owes you anything, because commentators believe that Philemon, or Onesimus stole from Philemon to finance his trip to Rome. If he owes you anything, he said, I, Paul, will pay it. I write it with my own signature. I'm going to pay it. He said, I'm not going to mention how you owe me your very life. He's had a way of doing that, wasn't it? I'm not going to mention it. And he mentioned it while he wasn't mentioning it. Here's what I, I'm going to give you a nugget I didn't give in the last service. As history goes on, there's a name that pops up as a bishop, and I believe it's in Asia. And the name is Onesimus. That God takes us and rescues us from whatever situation it is that's holding us. And he redeems us. Everybody say it with me, redeemed. God wants us to be free. Free from hatred, free from anger, free from bias, free from prejudice. Man, I like to got myself in trouble. I went to Mississippi preaching a revival. I went out and invited everybody in the community. They came. 
Some of them was a different shade than the church folk. When they came in, everybody in church, and I went, really? This is interesting. And I'm telling you, God, God loves you so much, he'll expose what's wrong with you before he lets you die and lose out with him. He'll expose it. They brought a baby into that revival that had a big tumor on the side of its face. We prayed for that baby. There was no lightning. There was no thunder. I looked at that mom and I said, I really believe that God's healed this baby. So the service ended. They, they took the baby to the doctor in the next couple of days. And, and the doctor called all the medical staff down here. And they said, you're not going to believe this. He said, come down here. He said, I want you to watch this. And they came down there and he took a needle and put it in that tumor. And it drained to nothing. They brought that baby back to church, and you couldn't tell it ever had a tumor on its face at all. I'm telling you that God has a way of showing you that they are mine. Everybody say it. I am his. Say it again. I am his. I don't care whether you're red, yellow, black, or white, or pink and purple polka dot. We belong to God. Everybody say it. We belong to God. So the question is, what are you going to do with it? Listen to what Jesus said. Then Jesus said, do you understand, we're not the first people to wrestle with this issue. Jews and Samaritans were wrestling with it. Jews and Gentiles were wrestling with it. Jesus addresses it. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word and you are my disciples, indeed, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. We've never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? You ever see anybody that acted like they didn't need anything, that they were holier than thou? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about, listen, I'm not talking about out in the world. I'm talking about in the church. Do you ever meet anybody? Well, praise the Lord, brother. I'm telling you, plastic Christianity, I'm not going to call it Christianity, plastic religion nearly pushed me completely away until I came to an understanding that that's not God. Quit allowing people to hijack God's position in your life. Whom you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. What's the truth? There's one race, the human race. That'll make you free. It'll make you free from prejudice. It'll make you free. Well, you're going to have to get a little bit more than just that truth, though. He said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And then he goes on to say this. He said, Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free... You shall be free indeed. So you've got to ask yourself, we've got to ask ourselves a question today. Are we going to let hatred dominate our lives? Are we going to let sin dominate our lives? Or are, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this, okay? Don't raise your hand on this one. But how many of you, when I first came here, thought, you know, I'm not real sure about him. Don't raise your hand. 
I'm taking names if you raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> I'm not real sure about it because you didn't know me. And that's all right. I get it. You see, when I first came to God, I couldn't be real sure because I didn't know him. But when I met him, I'd heard about God before I ever knew God. I knew about him before I ever got a personal acquaintance with him. But I'm telling you that when I met him and he became the Lord of my life, it changed everything. Somebody say it with me, everything. So if we can jump up and shout at our high school ball games, if we can jump up and shout when the Cardinals are pounding the Cubs, if we can jump up and shout when the Cubs are pounding the Cardinals, <laughs> then why can't we jump up and shout that Jesus is Lord and he's worthy? Amen. You know, you know what would happen? Do you know what would happen if one day we decided to be the church and instead of griping and complaining, we all jumped up and started praising God and we declared let freedom reign? There would be such an explosion in this place that people would be going, oh my, oh my goodness. We ought to be celebrating. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Are you ready to let Jesus be the Lord of your life? Look, I'm so thankful for Samantha. She's here today. Samantha came and gave her heart to Jesus yes, or last week. I started saying yesterday. Gave her heart to Jesus last Sunday. Then another lady came up here and said, I want to rededicate my life to God. I said, what's your name? She said, Sam. I said, Sam, I said, you're never going to believe this. There's a Samantha over here that just gave her heart to God. She said, well, Samantha's really my name too. And both Samanthas are being baptized next week. <laughs> We need an explosion of revival in our hearts. But we can't get that in our heart until we get all the junk out of our heart. Whatever it is, it's, look, there's a, lot, there, there, there's a lot of junk other than racism. You know, there's, there's the dealing with what people said to you, with what people did to you, with how people stood in your way. And I'm telling you that God is here to set the captive free. So this is what I, I'm going to do two things today. If, if you're here and you want to, and you've never made that commitment to Christ, and you want to give your heart to the Lord, I want you to come down right now. You've never made that commitment. The prayer team's coming right now. You've never made that commitment to God. I want you to come down and, and make that commitment now. And it's always, you know, this part of the service, I... It, it's always that thing where people say, okay, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm going, why? Why? Why in the world would you be ashamed to give your heart to God? Why am I bowing my head and closing my eyes? If I've got to close my eyes and give you enough courage to come up here, you're never going to live for them out there. So I'm assuming everybody in this house has said yes to Jesus. Put your hands together if you've said yes. Praise God. This is what we're going to do. We're going to pray a declaration together. And then the prayer team's up here. After I pray this declaration, if you're here and you've got a need for anything, if you need healing in your body, if you've got a financial problem, whatever it is, if you've got a need, 
they're going to pray for you. I'm going to have Cecil come up here. We're going to pray for him in just a second after this declaration. But we're not going to lay hands on him because he felt he went off of it. Well, I'm not going to lay hands on your shoulder. How's that? Because you told me. That's why. <laughs> so we're, we're the, the, he, he, he went off his porch. And when he went off his, can I tell this? I'm already in the middle of it. Okay. He, he, when he went off his porch, thank God he hit the grass and not the concrete. But when it did, man, it, it smashed his shoulder and something's out of place. But how many of you know that Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall? Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, but Humpty Dumpty shouted amen because he knew Jesus could put him together again. And if, if Jesus can put Humpty Dumpty together, he can put Cecil together. Amen. Let's pray our declaration right now. Can we do it? Father, we stand before you and declare your goodness. We thank you for the freedom you've given us in our hearts. We thank you that you have freed us from sin. And today, we pray for our nation. We pray for peace in our land. We pray for revival to sweep the streets of America. We pray for every heart to surrender to you, for every life to lay it down at your feet, God. And we ask that you bless America again in Jesus' name. Come on and give my hand clap of praise in this house. Cecil comes. We want to pray for Cecil. Anyone else that needs prayer, we're going to pray for you. Prayer team's up here. We want to pray for Cecil. And then remember today at about somewhere between 1130 and noon. Well, get there about 1130 or noon. It's going to be a picnic. Everybody's going to be eating. Stretch your hands towards Cecil right now. Would you do it? Come on, stretch your hands toward him. Father, I thank you. And I'm just... Yes, I'm free. Free to ever ever attended, God, I'm ever trusted. Lord, bring it all together.
Jesus' name. 